You know how you are like Facebook friends or Instagram friends with somebody for so long and you just like click and you feel like your social media BFFs and you're like, but how do I really know this person? Well, that is who Kendra Hennessy is to me. She is the mother behind Mother Like a Boss. That is her business. That is her popular podcast. And after just being like social media besties for a while, I was like, hey, you should totally come on my podcast because I know you're a successful mother in business. You mother like a boss. Um, But I don't like know your full story. And I kind of want to hear it on my podcast at the same time my listeners are going to hear it. So that is exactly why I brought her on. Um, Something that I think is really cool about Kendra, um, her business is so super niche. And she got the idea to turn one business into another after she listened to one of Pat Flynn's podcast episodes. And she's going to talk about that um, and how she makes money today and how she started her second business as a side hustle while her first business was just wrapping up. And fun fact, as you will hear, she started her first business after she dropped out of college while she was pregnant. So no excuses, people. That's another thing we talk about, the excuses. So I think you're really going to like this episode with Kendra Hennessy from Mother Like a Boss. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Kendra, I'm so excited you're on my podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I know we talked for like five minutes beforehand and you're just, you're so fun. You're the most fun person <laughs> for me to follow on on social media too. So I'm so happy to be here. How did we first even like start following each other on social? Do you even know? Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to figure this out when we were talking a few weeks ago and the first time I ever met you in person was at Boss Mom in October of 2018. So it was Mm -hmm. almost a year ago. And I don't think we were Facebook friends before that. I think it was like right after that. Um, But it's so weird because the the conference is so big and you forget how you meet people and you forget who you're talking to. And um, so honestly, the answer is I don't know. There, that's my answer. No, but your answer was better than mine because when you told me we met at Boss Mom, I was like, wait, what? We did? And I was like, but I feel like I met 200 people there. So- yeah, I don't know. But then I remembered that we have been connected for like about a year. Yep. And, you know, just like everything that happens now, it's like all socially connected. So now we're just like BFF social buddies. And absolutely, I feel like we speak the same language because we don't um, – I don't know how to say this nicely. Oh, I think maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Like we don't worry about saying things nicely. We're just like, yeah. like cut the bullshit. Let's just say say how it is. And people either love it or they hate it. But that's just how we are. That is exactly – Exactly how I am. And it's uh, when I was younger, I used to think that it was a really negative thing because people call you bitchy when you're a woman who does that. Um, But I just know, especially in my industry, like the mom industry, there are enough people who are out there just like, oh, it's okay, mama. Like your your life is a complete and total like shit show. Don't worry about it, though. And it's like, no, yes, worry about it if you don't want your life to be like that. Um, So I just stopped caring about what other people were doing. And I figured uh, if people wanted to follow me, that this is what they were going to get. They were going to get loving kicks in the butt. Um, 
And if they didn't like it, they could go follow someone else. Yeah. That's I, I mean, that's how just I the way it is. No matter what mm-hmm. you do, you can never please everybody. So stop trying to no. please everybody and just do you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. So you do a lot of things. You have a podcast. You have a blog. You have courses. Like you do a lot. And I want to start from the beginning and work sure. to where you are now. But first, just tell us how you're making money. You're making money today. And then we'll start from like how you actually got there. Great. Yeah. So how I make money today is uh, my the main uh, source of revenue for me is online courses. So I have two main courses. I have one called Homemaker Shoe, which is a home management course. And then I have Clean It Like You Mean It, which is a cleaning tutorial course. I literally have a course that teaches people how to clean their houses. Like that's the actual, that's all it is. It's just about a hundred videos that we uh, filmed over the course of a few months of me cleaning because as I'll talk about in a minute, I used to own a cleaning business. And so I basically teach moms how to clean their their homes in that course. The homemaking course is more of a uh, homemaker-ish is my word that I use because like I, I'm not a traditional homemaker. I used to hate that word in, until I realized that it could mean whatever I wanted it to mean. Um, but it's really more of a home management. So it's about managing your home, delegating. I'm big on delegation. I don't think moms should be the ones doing everything. And um, setting goals for yourself, digging into mindset. Uh, a big, big piece of what I teach is mindset-based. Um, so, and, you know, like creating routines and things like that. So basically everything uh, about running your home and managing your home. So those are my two huge revenue sources. Uh, We used to do one-to-one about three years ago. I used to do one-to-one and then I got into courses. Now we are actually going back to offering one-to-one. So I haven't done that in a while. Really over the last two and a half years, the only way that I've made money is through online courses. And why did you stop one-to-one and why are you going back? So at first I stopped just because uh, it was so much work for me to it was a lot of work for me to schedule out one-to-one work and then only be working with with that person. Um, also, back in the day, I wasn't charging nearly as, as much as I should have been. So I really wasn't making as much money as I could if I had a course that I could just sell. And I, I wanted to be able to help more people. And when you do one-to-one, you can only help so many people. It doesn't even matter how much you're charging. You can only, there's only so many hours in the day. I also wanted to get away from the dollars for hours because that's where I was coming from with my cleaning business. So I really wanted to get to a place where I had an established business with revenue that was coming in each month without me having to do a ton of work. And then I knew eventually I would want to do one-to-one again because I'm a very extroverted person. I love people. And now I'm at a place where I have a lot more free time because we've spent two years crafting the courses, crafting our free offers and the evergreen funnels and all that nonsense behind the scenes. Now I can focus on in-person events, workshops, um, one-to-one work because I have more time. Got it. And you yeah. know what? I have an online course. Then I started doing like an upsell with one-to-one. And yeah. I felt the same way. I was like, this is very time-consuming. And again, I wasn't charging what I should have. And I took it away for a minute. And I brought it back. But now I have my team helping me. So I have my PR agency with my team. And I have those team members who are working in the agency actually help the coaching with the one-on-one clients that are in the online course who want that extra help. So I have found a way 
to like make it happen without being such a time suck for me. And I'm still involved in everything. Like I still see the notes that are happening. I'm still, you know, in the emails and all of that. So um, I love that you're like tweaking things to make it work. That's awesome. Yeah, that's brilliant too, because having a team really does change everything. Yeah, when amazing. I first started, I had nothing. I mean, you know, I, you know, I just didn't have anyone to help me. I was doing everything. And now I look at how little I actually have to do uh, because my team does it. And that allows me to show up so much better for the things that I'm actually doing because I'm not worried about an email coming in. I'm not worried about, uh, you know, creating graphics for something on Instagram. Like I'm not worried about any of that. So I just get to relax and serve my audience, which before when you're trying to do all of that, it's really hard to show up for people passionately <laughs> because you know there's a million other things you have to be doing. Well, I think that's the hardest thing too when you're starting yeah. a business. It's you don't know what you don't know and the mm -hmm. team building and the giving away of not just money but giving away of the services because you're afraid it's going to possibly affect your reputation. Like that's the hardest part and hiring yes. the right people and making sure they're in the right place. Um, that's the toughest part. And it's like the toughest bandaid to rip off at the beginning. But after you do, you're like, oh my gosh, give me more team. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, if I say, if I could go back in time, I would spend my money more on building a team earlier mm -hmm. and not on some of the courses that I bought. You know, like yeah. I, I feel like I was, we're so involved in, I need more information. I need more information. I need more information. And sometimes you do, sometimes you have to know the information so that you know what to do. But I also wish that I had taken some of that money and just invested in a VA five hours a week, something, anything just to kind of get me going, because that does hold you back if you don't have anyone working for you at all. Totally. Okay. So yeah. your courses are very, very niched. Like I don't think yeah. I have run into anybody who has these same course topics as you do. So tell mm -hmm. me, I guess we're going to rewind to the very beginning now um, yeah. of how you started your very first business. Yeah. So I was, uh, my, my sentence that I always say is that I was 22. I had just dropped out of college. Um, my husband and my now husband and I got engaged and I started a cleaning business around the same month as I also found out I was pregnant. So really just a class act that year, 2006 was a banner year for Kendra. It was great. So you're either like very <laughs> brave or very crazy. Uh, yeah, I think a little bit of both. And <laughs> I think that part of it is just naivete of being young. I didn't really understand that, uh, I didn't understand the world as much as I do now, and so uh, which you don't when you're 22. And so I didn't really understand that you can fail miserably and that when you're uh, all the things that go into being a parent and a business owner and stuff like that, I just didn't know any of it. So I started the business because long story short, a friend of mine had a neighbor that had a cleaning business. She needed help. I started working for her because I had dropped out of college. I didn't, it was my last semester in college. I didn't want to go anymore. It was giving me panic attacks. I didn't want to be a teacher like I had gone for. And so I figured I'd take a semester, figure it out, and then I could always go back. And I started working for her. I loved it. I loved the business aspect of it. I loved the ability to make as much money as we wanted to. Uh, I loved the cleaning. I loved all of it. And so she ended up getting ill and she really couldn't do the cleaning anymore. And so I just sort of took it over and um, create, I mean, I, I figured out how to get a DBA and how to get business insurance. You have to have liability insurance. If you have a cleaning business, you don't have to, but uh, it's, it's good if you do. And I just figured all of that stuff out. And 
I just jumped in and um, I was horrible at first. I was not any good and I was charging way less than I should have. I think back now to how much I was charging and I was like, I don't even know how we paid our bills on what, what I was charging. charging. I mean, I, I didn't charge hourly. I always charged by the job, but I would go into houses that now, if I were to go into a house, like if I still had my cleaning business and I went in, I'd be like, uh, the first time clean is going to be $350. Like this is a huge house and whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know, like, like $90 or something. Like I was so timid. And again, I think that there, there's, there's bigger stuff at play there. One is, uh, I was uninformed and I didn't know how to run a business and I didn't really understand all of the minutia of that. But I also think that there's a part of that, like being a woman, being a young woman going into people's homes. Uh, I was afraid to charge them. I was afraid of, uh, you know, my worth and all of that stuff too. So that's really how it got started. It was pretty successful from the get-go. It would have been more successful if I was charging the right amount, but I was pretty successful in the amount of people that I had in the uh, amount of clientele that I kept. When I ended my cleaning business in 2017, I had, I think I counted, I had seven clients uh, that I had had since the beginning. So for all of that time, from 2006 to 2017, I had retained um, a pretty good amount of clients which was awesome. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got started. I didn't uh, realize you did it for so long. How many years did you do this? Uh, so it was, okay, I started in, I had my DBA in August of 2006 and wow. I stopped in May of 2017. So almost 11 years. Now during mm -hmm. this, these 11 years, you built a team of people to help you? I did go through a time where I had a team. Um, there are good and bad parts to having a team when you have a service-based business uh -huh. because Preach, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was just different. Now at one point my mom was actually helping me and she was amazing. Like, you're not going to hear me smack talk my mom. She was incredible. That woman was like, she's such a hard worker. She's ridiculous. But I also saw some other people that I knew in the cleaning industry and they just went through people. I mean, like nothing because they didn't pay, uh, they didn't pay their people enough to keep them. And there was really no reason for them to, to stay. And also it's very hard. What I learned when I had that business is it's very hard to teach someone how to see things through your eyes. So the reason that I was good at the cleaning business is that I have an eye for detail. And so I would notice things that maybe somebody else wouldn't. And you can't teach that. That's a very hard thing to teach. Like, oh, hey, by the way, if you see this over here, it needs to be clean. Well, in that one house, that may be okay. But in another house, I'd have to teach them the same thing. It's just very hard to teach someone that kind of thing. So I had a team and then I didn't. Um, honestly, I enjoyed working on my own when I had the cleaning business. Nope, that makes sense. Better. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay. Awesome story. Cause I didn't ever hear like the details of it. I yep. know you had a cleaning business, but I love the details. Okay. So you ended that in 2017. Yeah. How long have you been in online business and how long have you had your podcast? There had to be a little bit of overlap, right? Oh yeah. There was definitely overlap. So I didn't start uh, my business, which is mother like a boss. I didn't start that until 2016. So there was about a year and a half that there was overlap where I was trying to build the online business and I had the cleaning business. And so, why did you yeah. want to start mother like a boss? Like what was your thought process behind that? Yeah. Uh, there's two parts to that. Number one, I was honestly becoming exhausted with the cleaning business. It, it's very physically demanding as one would know. It's a lot of work. Uh, and I was also just 
sick of the dollars for hours all the time. Like I knew if I wanted to take a vacation, it was great. People used to say all the time, well, you own your own business. You can take a vacation whenever you want. That's true. But if I'm not there, then I'm not getting paid. So if I take a week off, then I just have to do that work the next week when I get back or pile on the week before. And uh, the issue is we we live in upstate New York and the town that we live in is uh, right next to Saratoga Springs and it's a tourist town in the summer. I mean, we have the racetrack here. It's huge, huge time in the summer. So taking a vacation in the summer, I missed out on a lot of money because I used to do cleanouts for rentals, which are now Airbnbs. People just use Airbnb, but we have a ton of rental property here in uh, the Saratoga area and I would miss out on a lot of money. So it was just one of those things where I realized there's got to be, it was kind of that like, there's got to be a better way. Like there has (laughs) to be a better way that people are like making money and having business. Uh, And I started listening to podcasts. So I started listening to your friend, Pat Flynn, Mm -hmm. started listening to his. I had heard him on Shalene Johnson's podcast. And then I was like, wow, that's so his story is fascinating to me that he was like went to architecture school and then got fired from his job and then just like randomly started this training thing for people and made money and then realized oh I can teach people what I know and it was the first time I'd ever heard someone really say like you can just teach people what you're good at and they'll pay you for it and I was like oh I didn't realize that was even a thing so again just diving in uh learning about that Uh, I realized that what I wanted to do was help moms because the vast majority of my clientele were moms. And what I found was that cleaning wasn't the problem. It was a symptom. It was a symptom of a bigger problem, uh, which is how most of our lives are. We think the problem is what it is, but it's really a symptom of something bigger that we don't realize. And what I realized was that a lot of moms had issues running their homes They were disorganized. They didn't have any systems. They had no routines. So I was coming every two weeks and kind of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. And it was like, well, it's clean, but it's not going to stay clean for any more than a day because there's no systems in place. There's no routines. Um, People are overscheduled. They feel like they're drowning. They don't have the help that they need. They're not delegating. I mean, just a myriad of issues. So I wanted to help. And I also wanted to do it in a bigger way. Um, And when you have a local business, you have a local business. So there's really, there was only so much that I could do and only so much I could help. And so that's kind of how it got started. I really wanted from the business side, from the financial side, I wanted something that could sustain us <clears throat> as a family a little bit better. And then from uh, the the helping standpoint, from the, the mindset and the soul and the heart, I just wanted to help people in a bigger way than just cleaning their house. I love it. And you have built your business pretty big, pretty quickly. So tell me how you have built, because I know your podcast, Mother Like a Boss, is super popular. Um, You said that your online courses are your main source of income. You also Mm -hmm. update your content online, all of that. So how did you grow um, your podcast and how are you selling your online courses? Two loaded questions in one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I, I like to tell people when they hear my podcast download numbers that the one thing that they have to keep in mind is that I had an audience before I had a podcast. So um, I think sometimes people start a podcast and they build their audience from there. And that can take a little bit more time because if you don't have anyone following you, then it just takes more momentum. That's all. But I already had a what one might say a substantial email list. And I had a good amount of people following me online. Not tens of thousands or anything. I think when I started my podcast, I probably had, I don't know, 5,000 followers on Instagram and 
you know, fame on Facebook or something. It's not like I had like millions of followers, but I had enough of a following and I had sold enough. I had probably a thousand students at that point. That's a good following to get that ball rolling a lot quicker. So, so let's I do back like up to that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's start there. So then how did you get that audience to sell your online course? Okay. So I started with a blog and that was very slow going. Um, and then I just sort of over a year, cause I started in February of 2016 and I wasn't making substantial income until probably April of 2017. So that's a good, that's a, that's a year and four months or a year and two months that I was, um, really not making any money. And it was just a lot of slow and steady. The other thing that I absolutely recommend people do that kind of changed my life was collaborations. So collaborating with other people in my niche, other people that were, that had the same audience that were doing something similar to me, but not exactly the same, hugely impactful. So great. So doing JV webinars, going live in their group, um, having them go live on, on my platform. So they'd bring people over those collaborations were just so huge for me in the beginning. And I recommend people do that all day long as much as they can. Okay. Very yeah. good. So then that's yep. how you started growing your following, your email yep. list, selling your courses. And yep. then it just sounds like the next normal thing to do would be to start a podcast. Pretty much. And I didn't want to blog anymore because as much as I love writing, the problem was that uh, it was becoming a chore and I didn't want to hate writing. I was like, I don't want to hate this every week. It's easier for me to talk and I can just outline what I want to talk about and then I can talk for 30 minutes versus uh, in a blog, having to sit and craft it and then having the the grammar police after you all the time that have to nitpick everything that you write. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, just people commenting on the formatting. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to do it with podcasting. I don't care if people comment on my voice or whatever. I don't know. I figured I had more leeway there. And I also knew that I speak to an audience that doesn't have a whole lot of extra time to sit down and read a 2000 word blog post, but they do have the time to listen on the car ride to school or listen while they're cleaning the house or doing laundry or on their way to work that they could do. So they were getting the same information, but they didn't have to sit down and dedicate the time to reading it. So that's really why I wanted to do the podcast. Love it. Makes sense. And I yeah. totally agree. Like I always tell people when it's when it comes to repurposing content, like if you do video, start with video because yeah. it's so much easier to just like get a video transcribed than it is to like write something and then do a video afterwards. Yes. Yeah. It's oh my God. That's easier to talk. That's exactly how I feel. And now we take uh, we take my podcast episodes and then we kind of break them down and then we do emails from them. So we're, you know, they, they create emails. So yeah, it's so much easier for you to take the, the word on, um, an, a podcast or an audio or a video and transcribe it versus the other way around. That's very difficult. Totally. Okay. So yeah. you started with the blog, which you say it all slow and steady, like a year and a half. That's normal. I feel like that's normal oh, for yeah. anything when you start. Like so many people, they start a blog on Monday and then on Tuesday, or they start a podcast on Monday and then on Tuesday, they're like, okay, so now how do I make money? And I'm like, ah, well, you give it more than a day. Yes. <laughs> that's one. Exactly. Right, yeah. I mean, same with like social media. Like, oh, how can I be an influencer and get paid? Uh, well, you have to actually have influence, this thing yes. called influence. Like, yeah. So I think I think even a year and a half is pretty freaking good. Um, like that sounds almost fast, faster than yeah, average it, to me. It was it was faster than average. I think the there were two things that I 
had going for me. Number one is that I was speaking about a, a subject in a way that other people were not. So the motherhood niche seems like there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people talking about uh, about cleaning. Every Throw a rock on the internet on Pinterest and you can find a cleaning blog or a motherhood blog or a mommy blog. But I didn't want to be another mommy blogger. I didn't want to feed into the hot mess culture. I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to empower people and give people really realistic, simplistic ways that they could change their life. And so that was, it was a little bit different than what other people were doing. The other thing is, uh, one of the collaborations that I did, and I will always give credit where credit is due, uh, the collaboration that I did in, it was like March of 2017, was with my now, one of my best friends, Ali Kazaza, and she had a huge following at that time because she had a big blog post that went viral a few months before. And so she kind of got, she went from, you know, two years of work to kind of that overnight success that everyone sees. And it's like, no, it wasn't an overnight success. It was two years in the making. It just happened to uh, go viral at one point. But uh, I did a collaboration with her and that sort of, it gave me a big push with an audience that I didn't normally, I, I wouldn't have had. So I definitely give credit to that. That was like a big push of the snowball down the hill that helped keep it going. Awesome. Okay. So yeah. then now today, yep. how do you spend your time? You have a team now. Mm -hmm. So like, where is your focus and then where is your team's focus? So my focus is on creating content. That is what I focus pretty much 100% of my effort on is creating content, whether that's creating content for the podcast, creating content for Instagram or Facebook, doing live videos, uh, doing videos, creating content for my course, you know, updating things. It's basically all content creation. It's how can I help people as much as possible? Everything else is my team. Everything else is uh, customer service is taken care of, I don't really focus in my groups too much on anything customer service based. I just go in there and um, sometimes answer questions. And I I want to be in my Facebook groups for my course in a way that feels good. And I want to be able to go in there every day and show up in the best way without having to answer like, I lost my password. How do I do this? How do I do that? That's not the best use of my time. That's my team's use that of their sense. Yeah. And I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I might be wrong. You know your audience better than me. I feel like maybe your audience started as moms in general, but I feel like also a lot of boss moms gravitate towards you, right? Yes. Yes. We get about equal parts stay-at-home moms, very traditional stay-at-home moms, and then we get another half that are like, entrepreneurs, working, a lot of like single moms that are like boss lady, you know, they're just trying to like really do the best with what they have. Um, and we do, we get a lot, a lot more entrepreneurs than people would think. Uh, we get a lot of that. Um, I talk about business even sometimes in my course, uh, just because there are so many people in, in that niche that are kind of coming over to mine. So it's sort of half and half. Uh, we definitely have their traditional uh, stay-at-home or uh, working mom, which I kind of hate that term because every mom's just working and doing their best. Um, but, we, you know, the work outside the home mom and the stay-at-home mom we have. And then, yeah, we do get a lot of boss moms for sure. Very cool. Okay, uh, so what would you say to somebody? Because I feel like 
like when I hear mother like a boss, like when it comes to like, especially your homemaking course and like the simplistic ways to change your life and organize your life at home, like you're running your family, like you are a boss, like it is a business and you are the boss and you need to have your systems and all of that. So it makes sense. Um, that you would also get the boss moms gravitating towards you. And I've listened to your podcast and a lot of what you talk about, it's like whether you're talking about it for your home, it's very applicable to your business as well, which is very cool. So what would you say to, because I feel like something that annoys me and I feel like it annoys you because we're like soul sisters like that, are, (laughs) are the bullshit excuses that moms come up with Uh Every other day to not do something or to be a victim or I don't have time. I don't have money. Um, For me, that's my biggest pet peeve in dealing with people on the online course side of my business. The agency side, it's different. Those people see money. They see ROI. They understand investing in their business. On the online course side, a lot of people have these money mindset issues or time mindset issues. And Mm -hmm. It drives me bananas. It drives me bananas because I used to be that person. Four years ago, yes. I was that person. And now I just want to like shake these people because they're driving me mad. Yeah. Uh, I I always say that I can smell an excuse maker a mile away because I know my own stench. <laughs> I know what it smells like to be an excuse maker because that's been me in the past. And I wouldn't make excuses to other people. It would all be internal. Well, I can't. I mean, it's easy for her, but like not for me. And then I'd come up with 50 different reasons why it wasn't right for me, but it was for her. It was easier for that person over there, but not for me. And it was all excuses. And excuses, uh, I say, are just problems that we give for solutions. So I find this in my own business that I will, someone will say, okay, well, um, laundry takes over my life. So how can I make it easier? And I might give them a solution and then they come up with a reason that won't work. Well, now you've just taken the solution and created a problem for it. That's excuse making. You're just making an excuse for why it won't work for you. And usually that comes from fear and it comes from perfectionism and it comes from guilt and all that crap, that negative mindset stuff. But that happens a lot um, in in my niche. And I call it out. It's a big part of my course, too, is mindset. There's a whole uh, module all on mindset. And a lot of it goes back to excuse making. I hear all the time that, um, well, I'd really love your course, but um, I just we can't afford it. I said, okay, well, listen, I've been broke before. I understand when you don't even have a dollar in your bank account. I get that. But there are a lot of people who say I can't afford that, but they can afford a Starbucks coffee seven days a week. Like they can afford that. That's okay. Or they can afford to buy their kids something, you know, whatever. And I'm not here to dictate what you spend your money or your time on. You are, but prioritize it and realize that it is priorities. Because that's all it is. And I know that you've, I've seen you talk about that too. Like it's all a, a matter of you prioritizing your time or your money. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not here for the excuses. I hear it all the time. Sometimes I'll get it on uh, on like an ad that I'm doing for a free class, which I'm always fascinated by. I'm like, you have the time. You're going to tell me you don't have the time for a free class, a free class that you don't have to pay for, but you had the time to scroll through Facebook and write something nasty on somebody's ad. Girl, need to, you need to get your priorities straight. <laughs> I love it. This is so funny. You're reminding me of a conversation I actually had with my dad last night because he needs to go to the freaking doctor. And he's like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sit in the doctor's office. And I was yeah. like, I like 
like I stood up and I did like I had like my hand motion going and I was like, dad, it is not that you don't have time. It's that you prioritize other ways to spend your time than to go to the doctor's office because you can tell me everything you did today. You had time to do that because it was more important to you to do that. So like if you're going to make an excuse, at least be freaking accurate with your wording and say, I chose to spend my time doing something else or I would rather spend my time slash money on this instead of this. Don't say you don't have it because we all have it. We just prioritize other things in front of it. Yeah. Every day that I say I didn't have time to do Pilates like I wanted to, I had time to watch yet another episode of Breaking Bad though. Like I had, I had enough time for that. So it's all about priority. Because because, let's be real. That's way more fun than doing Pilates. It is way more fun to me. (laughs) And yeah, every time someone says, I don't have time, what you really mean is I didn't prioritize it. And it's up to you to cut out the crap in your life um, that that isn't a priority. That's somebody else's priority. Because moms are doing this all the time. And we live in a very busy nation. I put that in quotation marks. Uh, we live in a nation that glorifies busy. So now people have their kids involved in 17,000 different activities and then say, oh, I don't have time for myself. Well, maybe if your kids weren't involved in something from sun up to sundown because you feel like they have to to keep up with the Joneses, then you would have more time for yourself. Amen, honey. Mm-hmm. I love it. People, go yeah. visit motherlikeaboss.com. Because yes. on there, you can find the podcast, you can find the courses, and you have uh, the free vault. What is the free vault, ma'am? Explain. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, it's just a place where over the years, you know how you come up with some free worksheets and, and printables and all that stuff. And I just decided one day last year, I was like, you know, I'm sick of having a million different avenues that people can come in and get this stuff. And it is really annoying if you're like, well, I wanted this worksheet. Now I got to download this one. So I just put it all in one free vault. It's just like four or five different checklists and then, uh, you know, like a free video that I had done. Yeah. And people, I just discovered the community, the Mother Like a Boss podcast playground, and I just joined. So uh, that request is pending. Kendra, please accept me into your group. If it's during regular business hours, we will, Christina, but if it's not. (laughs) We don't have time right now. We don't have the time. I don't have the time to (laughs) approve your request. I love it. Um, All of this goodness will be in the show notes, as will the link to your website. Anything else you want to add that I should have asked? No, I think you asked all the questions and I just think you're fantastic. I just yeah, wanted I to say that. I'm so happy to be well, here. And I'm just going to have to keep bringing you back on to sing my praises on my podcast. Oh, thank you. Please do. <laughs> thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Oh, I just love me some Kendra. And fun fact, she did accept me. She did find the time to accept my request to join her Facebook group. Um, again, Like I said in the episode, you can head to the show notes to find out more if you're driving, if you're working out, um, just head to becomeamediamaven.com and you will get all of the show notes for every single podcast episode there. And if you have not already and you want to possibly be a guest on podcasts like mine or Kendra's Mother Like a Boss, then make sure you check out my three-day video media class. It will teach you how to pitch the media, podcasts included, to get publicity and then what to do to turn that publicity into profit. And you can access that at pitchpublicityprofit.com. And one more thing before I go, if you are listening to this right now and you can safely take a screen grab, please screen grab 
you listening to this podcast on your phone and tweet it out or share it on your Insta story and tag me at Christina all day and tell me what you thought of the episode. Tell me where you're listening and what you thought of the episode and I will share it on my Twitter or my Insta story as well. Okay. Thanks for listening and I will see you again very soon.